Shut up and sit down. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in if you're a first-timer. This is episode 79 of the Quiet Part Loud podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm your host as always. We go through the same thing every time. Um, I can't believe we've done 79 episodes. It's uh, it's still a bit shocking to me, but I'm happy you guys are listening. Uh, We've actually had uh, quite a nice little uptick in people listening since we launched the show on Spotify, so that's really positive as well. Um, So thank you guys. Appreciate it. Um, We haven't been as frequent over the past couple of weeks as I would have liked, but that's due mainly to taking a long weekend. Uh, The weekend just passed. It's Friday night when I'm doing uh, episode 79, so the weekend is upon us, but we took a little break. Uh, My wife and I took the dogs um, and a dog that we have staying with us at the moment down to the coast uh, for a little beach action, uh, which was fantastic. It was a little chilly, but the sun was still shining and it was a gorgeous day. Uh, both days that we went down and, you know, just to see the dogs running up and down the beach and getting wet and doing all that. It was great. Get out of London, breathe some fresh air, get that sea air in your lungs, you know, felt great. Um, and you know, having a car in London, people that tell you you don't need a car in London are out of their minds. Um, you definitely need a car in London if for nothing else, but then to get out of London and do things like that, like trips down to the coast. There's so many beautiful places in this country. And I was fooling myself for years thinking that, you know, I didn't need one. Um, you know, it's obviously an extra expense, but it's well, well worth it. Um, so I caught, got myself, a. I got myself a, I got us, I should say, it's a family vehicle. Um, I got us a compact SUV um, and it's it's just been a game changer. We're out every weekend, we've got it. Um, just doing things here and there, going to farmer's markets, you know, like I said, taking the dogs to the beach, that sort of thing. But there's so many places to explore in this country um, and I can't wait to get my feet um you know, running up all the mountains. I can't wait to go up to Scotland. I'm really looking forward to that. And also, um, a friend of mine from work uh, told me, he's from Wales, uh, told me to check out a place in Wales. And apparently it's like one straight line uh, down the M4 from London to Wales, just getting out of London and then it's a clear sail. So um, I'm thinking maybe doing another long weekend, taking the dogs and uh, and uh, packing up and heading out there for a few days. So that'd be great, but it is a game changer. And one of the other things it's done, uh, which I'm super excited about, is it's reinvigorated my passion around personal training. So obviously I have the nine to five job that keeps me you know, very, very busy. I train five days a week um, myself in the gym. Uh, I do personal training sessions outside of, of that. And in addition, I do the podcast with you guys. Uh, so, you know, lots of things to do, but this having a vehicle is really kind of just reignited this passion I have for helping people get, you know, get, get those first steps, you know, moving in the, in the, in the readjustment of their life, right? The reassessment of themselves and the first action points and the action steps to take, you know, that journey. But I love doing that. I love seeing people who are unable go to very able and, that human connection and that and that seeing that transformation and the positivity that that brings with it is something that I've always been passionate about passionate about but you know 
with all other responsibilities and again not having a vehicle to you know pile up the equipment in the back and then and then drive it out to where I'm to the client's house or to wherever I'm going it just makes it so much easier and I'm like well now I can buy this piece of equipment and this piece of equipment I can just stick it in the back and it's no problem um, so the sessions I've been creating for the clients that I have have become you know much more dynamic because I'm able to take my battle ropes up there and I'm able to take heavier kettlebells up there and you know different pieces of equipment my yoga mats and everything like that were as before as effectively restricted to what I could fit in a big backpack um, so it's really just having a vehicle has really just inspired me now to to kind of really re-engage with the community about you know those that want to uh, change their life and and if I can have a, a, a small part in, in helping them achieve that then you know this is definitely something that I want to get back into so I'll, I'll keep it's kind of a separate business, but, you know, I, I love talking, you hear me talk about motivation and you hear me talk about, you know, working hard and consistency and things like that. Um, you know, that's at the root of the things that we talk about here, accountability, uh, you know, holding oneself up in front of a mirror and saying, I know the reasons, I'm willing to admit the reasons and I'm willing to change them. And when we talk about that in all sorts of spheres, with politics and religion and, you know, social issues, celebrity issues, you know, social justice issues, things like that. But it's so critically important in terms of health and fitness. And I just, I love doing it. I love doing it. You know, that, that it's that old kind of cliche saying that's not really a cliche because it, it is kind of true. You know, if you're doing something that you love to do, it's not work. And people say that to me you know, people will say to me, like, how do you find time to do what you do in terms of, you know, the podcast, personal training, um, you know, working out myself, you know, doing the job, being married, you know, having a family, like, you know, there's, there's only so many hours in a day, but it's, it's just about how you use them, right? Because I don't find this a task. I don't find sitting here for an hour talking to you guys hard to do I love it I barely write notes I might make a few bullet points but generally I understand you know the subject matter the topics that I want to talk about and I mean I could go for longer than an hour but you guys wouldn't want to hear me you know natter on for for more than that I don't think um, so that's what we've kind of aimed to do is is pop out our episodes um, but just staying with that for a moment, you know, having this vehicle has, has, has already paid for itself, in my opinion, like the value that it's brought to my family and to how inspired I feel to get back on track to, you know, something that I was pursuing more vigorously, uh, you know, a, a, a year or two ago, uh, that kind of has subsided to focus on other things. But I really think there's an opportunity now to, to build and grow that. And I see some terrible examples out there of people doing group training classes or personal trainers in the gym who are just misguiding folks, um, you know, towards what I see as more, more so than not injury, you know. Um, so if I can help correct some of this behavior, I mean, I'm not claiming to be some savant or, you know, the world's most accomplished personal trainer. I'm not. But I know... I know people, I know how people move, I know what makes, what, what is good for people to do and what is not good for people to do. 
Changing your life through health and fitness does not have to be complicated. It's hard, but it doesn't have to be complicated. And some people try just try to get too fancy with things. I try to make training fun, achievable, but difficult, and rewarding. And I think if you can mix those four things in, you've got a pretty decent recipe for success. So I'm going to be getting back into that, and I think it's going to be great. But having a vehicle has been... <clears throat> it's just a game changer. And I'm like, I'm sounding like kind of a kid in Christmas, like, oh my God, you know, people out there are probably like, well, you, hey, you got a car, dude, relax. <laughs> you know, it's um, for, for someone who hasn't had a car, who's lived in London for 10 years, it's an absolute game changer. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm not going to lie. Um, anyways, what's been going on with you guys? I don't know. Let me know. Uh, that's, that's kind of an update from my side. I was, you know, I'm looking just, looking to get more involved and, and get out there and, and, and do even more. Um, but it really is about how you choose to use your time. You know, you've got 24 hours in every single day. And if you choose to maximize those hours, there is a shit ton you can get done every single day. You just have to have a purpose. Like it's Friday night now. I've done a full day of work. Now I'm recording this podcast. No personal training today. I didn't train today. It's a day off. Um, but I've done gardening. Um, I've taken the dogs out. You know, thing like I've done things. So I feel good about it. And now I can relax a little bit on the weekend. But I won't be relaxing. I'll be getting out, breathing some fresh air. Um, anyways, that's enough rambling about what I'm doing. <clears throat> there has been so much shit going on since the last time we spoke. And... There's a few I want to run down, definitely. Um, but one of the things that has come out is a new diet study that has been putting the focus on uh, the type of food you eat and uh, salt, salt intake, uh, not sugar and not obesity was the kind of underlying message in, in this study that was created. Sorry, I'm a bit dry. Gotta stay hydrated, baby. So anyways, this study says that salt intake was a major mortality cause across the world when they did this dietary study. Now, I'm not saying that you should eat a, a lot of sugar, or sorry, a, a lot of salt, um, but salt is a natural uh, component of the body, so you do need sodium. Uh, People should be careful about that. And I think what is more important is salt in things that have additives in them, salt that are in processed foods, salt that are in salt that's in, you know, different things that overall are not good. And the problem with it was that it was saying things like sugar and obesity are not the issue here. The type of food you choose and the salt content is the issue here. And I just have a hard time swallowing that, no pun intended, um, because we all know now that sugar is poison. We all know now that things that turn into sugar are not good for you, cause obesity, and that has all kinds of health implications 
that relate to things like cancer and congenital heart failure and, and different things like that. It's not like the salt. Like, do I think you should be putting salt on everything and, you know, eating salty crisps and, you know, different things like salty snacks all the time? Absolutely not. But sodium is a part of the body. What's going to really make a world of difference is if people cut down, because they even cited this in the study that I read. So, so the study that was, that was, that was, um, that was put out um, was reviewed by Lancet, uh, a publication online, and I read it there. And they were really undermining the, the, the detrimental impact that sugar has and that obesity has and the overlying issues of what those two things can cause in terms of health issues. And I would say that they far outweigh as a cause of obesity and heart failure and, you know, stroke and cancer and things like that, bowel cancer and, you know, whatever it may be. Sugar is the problem. Definitely the food you choose is the problem, but that relates to the type of, you know, snacks and cakes and cookies and breads and pastas and everything like that. Well, all of those things turn into sugar. So the, the study wasn't great for me, I have to say, but I'm not a dietitian. I just know how people get fat and how they lose it. And yes, you can look at, you know, uh, a high amount of sodium intake in terms of blood pressure and things like that, of course, of course. But let's be honest. I don't think that versus cakes and carbohydrates in terms of, you know, simple carbohydrates like cakes and things. I don't think one... I don't think the salt and the sodium one is a bigger problem than the other, than, than, the, than the cakes and the sugar and the carbs. Just my opinion, just my opinion, but I've seen people lose weight. I've done it myself. I've kept my weight off. And now I notice, you know, I, I just know, I know, you know, I eat salt, not a lot, not a lot, but I have salt, Right. It's trans fat from fried food. It's the cakes. It's that's what fucking kills people. And I don't understand why people don't understand this. It just, it just seems so obvious to me. But I don't know. Again, I'm not a professional. I'm not a dietitian, right? I just, I just help people get in shape. Um, and I, I truly think that, you know, yes, the choices of food that you put in your mouth are definitely a cause of obesity and health problems if you're choosing the wrong things to put in your mouth all of the time. And the chances are that salt is not going to be the massive, massive problem with that. So slightly dubious, but who am I to argue with the science and the result, right? I'm not, I'm not a scientist. And this was a uh, study funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So check it out if you want to. Let me know what you think. Um, what else is going on? If we, uh, 
Well, we could talk about Jeff Bezos getting divorced and making his ex-wife the third richest woman in the entire world overnight. She's, they settled on, they, in the end, they settled on $35 billion. $35 billion. But apparently she was, you know, very uh, important in setting up Amazon and, you know, deserves a good share of his wealth, you know, but... I mean, it's probably the most expensive divorce in history, but I think he still got off pretty good because he probably, you know, if he would have went 50-50, you know, he would have paid her, what, more than twice that. So, you know, he's probably happy with $35 billion. And I don't know what their relationship is. I just know, you know, the Saudi government or whoever it is over in Saudi Arabia is trying to blackmail him, you know, with his dick pics and stuff. So... You know, he's got other things that he's worrying about as well. Plus, he's trying to fly to space. Plus, he's, you know, getting shit about facial recognition uh, software being uh, sold off to law enforcement and the government. You know, they've already got a data plan with the uh, Defense Department. So, you know, he's got all these things to worry about. So he's probably like 35 billion. Yeah, see you later. <laughs> no problem. And she's just gonna, I mean, I don't know her, but... Uh, like, imagine you just woke up now, you woke up tomorrow, and you've got $35 billion in the bank. You're still a, you know, pretty good-looking woman. I don't know how old she is, um, but the picture that I saw of her in Bezos, uh, you know, she's, she's not a bad-looking lady. Um, I'd just be going mental for about a month. Like, you'll never run out of cash. You can do whatever you want for the rest of your life. Everything is free forever. Everything. Unless you want to buy a country or some shit like that or a big-ass corporation. But everything else is free. So what's she going to do? I don't know. I don't know anything about her. So I'm sure she'll do something. Um, speaking of doing something, George Clooney's boycotted the hotels uh, of the Sultan of Brunei. I don't know if you've heard about this, but the Sultan of Brunei announced that it's illegal uh, to be homosexual and you can be punished by death and the punishment is in the form of stoning you. You know, this little maggot who's been sitting on his, you know, ivory throne for because of, you know, whose pussy he came out of is probably a secret homosexual anyways. But like, what is this? Like literally going back to the Stone Age? What the fuck are we talking about here? I don't think you should just boy boycott this guy's hotels. I think you should boycott his country, anything that he's affiliated with, his, you know, whatever. I mean, the list of, you know, financial problems this family's had anyways, it wouldn't take much to just make him like kaput, you know, seriously just gone. You know, they've got the, what is it? The uh, Brunei... Uh, investment holdings or investment interest group or something like that that deals with all his business just go on there have a look at the businesses they have and just don't use them anymore don't use them anymore you can't live like this this can't be allowed to pass in like 2019 i know we've got all kinds of other shit going as well but like come on man the head of state claiming that you know punishable by death <laughs> Because you're part of the LGBT community? Come on.
the fuck are we talking about? You should just boycott, like, don't boycott, like, boycott's such a pussy word these days. Boycott this and boycott that and boycott this and ban that and boycott this and boycott that. I mean, do it if you want to. <laughs> do it if you want to. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, you guys are just a massive piece of shit and people are going to, you know, people are going to die now because of it. I just, it boggles the mind sometimes how others function. The extremes in which people think and behave. It's a very interesting subject. It's a very interesting uh, dichotomy of a personality to be that fucked up. It's like Joe Rogan said, if you're, if you're homophobic, it's for two reasons. You're an idiot or you secretly love dick, right? I'm paraphrasing. I'm sure that's not exactly the quote, but it's something like that. Um, but I mean, this guy's just a massive piece of shit and his people are going to suffer because of it. But George Clooney's on a rampage to <clears throat> have all of the hotels boycotted. Um, and I just, I mean, this, the hotels have had to kill their social media because of the backlash, right? So it could be having, you know, an effect in the immediate term, but will it be sustained and will it be enough to change policy? I don't know. I'm skeptical about that, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, what else is going on? Oh, uh, <laughs> did you guys see the Conor McGregor um, rosé wine advert? Or the spoof, I should say. It was it was fantastic. I mean, the guy is, the guy is a great, great marketing mind. Good very very good businessman obviously uh, but it was hilarious it was called chomp chomp right champ champ um it was called chomp chomp and effectively it's just him you know in a very rose wine type of commercial and then all of a sudden it spoofs and it says back you know do you think i'd fucking do you think i'd make a rose wine buy proper 12 whiskey you know, and even created a website for it. And if you go where to buy it goes, do you think I would really buy a rose, uh, create a rose wine, buy proper 12 and then buy it here? It's just, I mean, it's just great. Um, you know, and there's that side of him and I think he's hilarious. Um, but there's also this, you know, this dark side because he's a savage and he's been beefing with Khabib Nurmagomedov on Twitter and it's gotten pretty heated to the point where Dana White has had to step in. And then there was some sort of a kind of a half-baked announcement by some MMA media outlet saying that the rematch was on. There's been no confirmation of that rematch to my knowledge. But rest assured, if it does happen, Khabib is going to try to kill Conor McGregor. For sure. If you haven't seen the Twitter beef that's the kind of war of words and pictures that have been going back and forth on Twitter between these two. And now Connor started in on Paulie Malinaji because Paul Malinaji uh, slapped Artem Lobov uh, in a, when they were face to face like a couple days ago, apparently those two were supposed to fight. Um, but 
now he's just been posting all the pictures of when him and Paulie sparred when he leading up to the Mayweather fight. And it's just crazy. But the things between him and Khabib, Connor and Khabib, have been nuts. There is a picture of Khabib um, at his wedding with his wife, and his wife is in full kind of Muslim garb. Like her face was covered, her entire head was covered with this enormous kind of luxurious white veil that was puffed up and like it was just it was it was enormous it was really strange looking um and connor retweeted your bride is a towel mate <laughs> he said your bride is a towel mate and if you see the picture it's ridiculous and i shouldn't be laughing because it's super mean but it's hilarious and um, <laughs> then he tweets again, plot twist, under the towel, there's a goat. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. It's so stupid, but it makes me laugh so much. And then Khabib was like, I'm not playing. He posts a picture of Connor in a bathroom with his hand going up a girl's skirt and the girl's taking a selfie in the mirror and it the girl's not his wife and the tattoos would indicate that it's definitely conor mcgregor so he's like uh the the, the caption on the on the tweet from khabib was you're a racist or sorry not <laughs> it was you're a rapist you're a rapist and the evil you've done is going to come back to find you or something like that but um it's crazy it's crazy and then connor's basically come out and said listen i love all my fans i want to bring us together um you know clearly dana's had a conversation with him about it but him saying him saying your wife is a towel mate it's like the most disrespectful thing that you can say and i just know that if this fight goes down connor's gonna make 50 million he's gonna make 50 million dollars to get absolutely pummeled because he's going to have to shoot Khabib in the face with a fucking Glock or Khabib's going to kill him. I don't even think the ref is going to be able to pull Khabib off of Connor if they were to fight again. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing because it's not funny. <laughs> or it's not nice. But it's really funny. <laughs> Plot twist. Under the towel is a goat. <laughs> so stupid. It's so stupid. Anyways, um, this is all marketing. You have to understand from, like, I know they don't like each other. For real, they don't like each other. But Connor also uses this in a way of marketing. Think about the hype this kind of shit generates. Although it will be an absolute beating if... Khabib gets a hold of him and Connor doesn't starch Khabib, um, you know, which is always a possibility, but I don't know what he was thinking in the last fight. Anyways, um, this is all marketing. Think about the people that are going to come and tune into this fight when it happens, if it happens. Think of the people that are going to be turned on. Think about <laughs> not only is he marketing his whiskey and his next fight, but he is also doing market research. And the market research he's doing, I think, truly, is could he successfully launch a rosé wine? 
Think about the interest he would have garnered from that post, from those posts, from the video, from the website. Even if people know and say half the people going to the website are, are going there just to check it out because they know it's a joke and they want to see what it is, right? Because it's linked in the Twitter account, etc. He's still doing market research. What's the engagement numbers on the website? How long are people staying? What are they clicking? When are they bouncing off? How many people watch the video? What's the demographic of those people? Where do they live? How long did they watch the video for? When did they tune out? Is there an opportunity here to manifest this into another cycle and another tangent of business for me so there's three marketing opportunities there for him one he promotes his next fight with khabib although that's going to be a fucking massacre if khabib gets a hold of him after the shit that he said he's marketing that to maximize as much as possible how he, how much he'll make from that fight based on salary based on pay-per-view buys or I don't think they do pay-per-view buy shares now because it's all on ESPN plus but it'll there'll be some sort of thing there the co-promotion with McGregor uh, Entertainment, the Proper 12 Whiskey promotion, etc., 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 right? He's doing that. He's also marketing his whiskey through that venture of the fight, but also on its own, right? Because he's doing Proper 12 marketing all the time anyways. He's also launched this Rosé spoof campaign where he's promoting that whiskey and doing market research on whether or not there is another potential product there in the making. He's also in the suit game, et cetera, et cetera, right? But he's always marketing. He's always promoting, but not in the way that most people do. And that's the fantastic thing about what he does as a businessman is you don't necessarily feel like you're being, you're being asked to buy something. At least I don't. His communication is very... It's very fluid. It's very in his style. It's very kind of on message with kind of who he is. It's very brash, you know. It's very stylized, which is the character that he's developed and the person that he's become. So all of these things ring true about how he communicates his product set to his fans and his audience. It doesn't feel forced. It's not like, hey, go buy this product, you know, discount code this thing, like these fucking Instagram celebrities and these idiot companies do. It's not that. This is a different game. It's a different game to a different audience. But he's always doing it. And he does it in such a, I think, in, I think he's one of the best, personally. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, I just think, uh, you know, it, it was hilarious, first of all, the, the, commercial for the rosé chomp chomp was hilarious you know the ongoing beef with khabib is hilarious um but you know clearly disrespectful but i'll leave other people to discuss and debate that i just think it's personally i think it's fucking hilarious um and it's going to make for a great fight if the two of them ever do meet again which i hope they do um all of that said you know yeah it just it's just Connor being Connor, um, and it's all in the sake of getting more money. Other people can debate the moral the moral angle of what was contained in the tweets and how that affects you know religious sensitivities, etc., etc. We can go down that route if you want to, but I'm not interested because I really don't think it's like that. I think he's just poking fun at everything he can for Khabib to try to get him to fight again. That's what I think. 
So anyways, moving on. Um, but before we do, uh, this, uh, this part of the podcast is brought to you uh, by Imodium. If your stomach feels like the Brexit negotiations are going, then you'll definitely need some Imodium in your life. Imodium. So, Brexit. There's an update. There's an extension. There's going to be a further extension. Nothing's going to happen. They're doing indicative votes in terms of what sort of a consensus they can come to, but they're not really still even properly entertaining the fact of a second referendum. What they are going to be preparing to do, if they can't come to an agreement, is preparing for the European elections. Whoa! They're, they're, they're going to have to prepare for the European elections. I believe some of the parties are already preparing for the European elections. What the EU are proposing is a 12-month flexible extension. If they can come to a deal, that obviously extension would be reduced and shortened and ultimately removed. But Theresa May is asking for an April 21st extension. And therefore, uh, if they come to a ratification of an agreement before then, that extension would be nil and void as well. But if they didn't, then she would probably ask for a further one, in which case they would have to go through the European elections anyways, and we're in the fucking EU. We're in the EU. The miscarriage here, guys, what are we talking about? The miscarriage of, I mean, I'm watching the TV now, the Attorney General's on, and he looks like a bag of cornflakes filled with milk. It's a garbage bag full of cornflakes. That's what he looks like. He's a fat, out of shape, arrogant prick. I saw him on Question Time or some shit like that a few weeks ago where he was having an argument with some guy trying to stare him down while he was drinking his cup. The fat, fucking useless prick. Like... Everybody in these government, both on both sides of the government. Let's be honest now, because even you know, even labor are still going with a withdrawal deal. Let's get a withdrawal deal done. But there are certain things that EU is not going to negotiate on, and those things do not get through Parliament. I don't know how many times we have to go around in circles on this, but it seems like a few more. The dysfunction in our political system is one that has never been highlighted this, like this before. And it's a really worrying situation for what is to come if these idiots who have clearly voted no, 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 multiple times on all of the deals that the EU is willing to negotiate on, now they're changing their mind. For the sake of getting a deal done. When every single person I know is saying, give us another vote. Give us another vote. A lot of people don't want to talk about Brexit anymore. I do want to talk about Brexit. Because the European Union, the European Court has said that Britons will be able to uh, travel visa-free uh, through Europe after Brexit. Okay, great. Okay, great. But what about the other way? What about European citizens? 
traveling or staying in the UK. We don't have any details. I don't even know what kind of passport my dog is going to need. Or whether my wife will be able to, like, how she's going to apply. Like, is this, like, is this permanent, like, resident thing, like, official now? Or, like, what's the deal, you know? All we're hearing is indicative votes, indicative votes, indicative votes. Extension, Article 50 extension. But these extensions effectively keep us in the EU anyways. And now if we're going to take part in the elections, are you fucking kidding me? Do you know how many millions are going to be wasted if they start as they are, as I've read, preparing for the European elections and then Brexit comes and they make a deal that is some half-baked deal just to get it done? And then they don't actually go through the European elections. How much money and time and effort and resource that we pay for is going to be used on this? This is a stand-up issue, man. You got to stand up and say, what the fuck are you guys doing? And I know half a million people got out and protested. But I don't hear the backlash. And I honestly don't see it on social media the way it should be seen. I really don't hear these politicians being held accountable. I saw a video of, of someone, I can't remember who it was, I think I retweeted it um, on, the, uh, on the QPL uh, Twitter page, but um, it, was a, it was an interview with Boris Johnson and he was completely ballsing up. He completely ballsed up his argument and actually reinforced why freedom of movement and a single market inclusion is the way forward. It's, it's just, it's bonkers, man. And he's in the running to be the next prime minister when this retard leaves. I mean, we're in a shite state of affairs. But that's your update. That's where we are right now. You know, we're not hearing anything other than that. We're seeing some by-election results, like... I hope people voted with a with a keen sense of what's going to happen with Brexit on their minds, but I don't imagine that they did. What else is going on? Oh yeah, gotta talk about Joe Biden. Gotta talk about Joe Biden. Touching on everybody, hugging on everybody, grabbing on everybody, kissing on everybody. <laughs> Joe Biden's almost eighty, yo. <laughs> Like one of my one of my friends on uh, Facebook said to me, Joe Biden is 78 years old. He's at the grabby ass stage, <laughs> the grabby ass grandpa stage. Right. You got to think, man, Trump is 70, what, 73, 73 years old is is a couple old motherfuckers, man. I'm personally in favor of Andrew Yang. I think Andrew Yang is is is. I think Andrew Yang is a good one, man. He's a he's a UBI uh, proponent, universal basic income. Which more and more I look at it, I am in favor of it. With stipulations and caveats, of course, but we'll get into that on another episode. Um, but Andrew Yang, if you don't know him and you're listening to this from the U.S., give him a look. He was the only Democrat 
who's put their hat in the ring so far to go on the Ben Shapiro show and debate, you know, one of the one of the conservative voices um, of the new media age, podcast age. You know, if you don't know Ben Shapiro, check him out. It's one of the things that we talk about on this show. If you if you have a point of view, it is imperative that you study the opposite point of view that you hold, right? For the reasons that we've talked about before, in order to critically think about a topic and come to your own conclusions about a subject or a topic or whatever it may be, you have to look at both sides of the coin. You have to consider all angles to make an informed decision about anything. So if I'm mostly liberal, which I would consider myself to be, then I better make sure that I know what those who have a more conservative viewpoint on life, on politics, on social issues, etc., think about certain things. I even need to go all the way, all the way to the fringe. I need to go all the way to the edge. We've talked about this. So if you don't know who Ben Shapiro is, have a look, check him out, have a listen. But Andrew Yang was the only one from the Democrats, so far at least, that has gone on to a platform that is represented by the complete opposite side in which he himself represents, right? Andrew Yang is a Democrat. He's a liberal progressive. You know, he's for universal basic income. He is for the complete federal legalization of marijuana, things like this, right? And he went on there and he had a very good conversation. So you should check that out especially if you're listening in the U.S. But back to Grandpa Biden. Touching on everybody, feeling on everybody, kissing on everybody. He is at a grab-ass stage of life. My friend is right. My friend is right. And, I mean, I I don't see what he did as sexual assault. Like nine women, nine women have come out. There's fucking videos of him on the on the internet grabbing on dudes. <laughs> like this is how he does. But they're calling this, what are they calling it? Tactile behavior. His tactile behavior is disgusting, is reprehensible, could ruin his chance to be president or run for president. His tactile mentality his tactile way of doing things he's fucking grabby man he touches you when he talks to you grabs your arm pulls you close some people are like that do i think he fucking rapes women i don't know i don't think so like there's no evidence of that that's not what these accusations are about these accusations are about a tactile manner of being right he's a he's a grabber and a close talker grandpa joe But now, now you've got Trump coming out and making fun of him when he's got like 12 sexual assault allegations against him where he's had clear, um, uh, there's been clear documentation showing that he paid off a porn star, you know, and having an affair with this porn star, this stripper, right? Stormy Daniels, whatever happened to her. Um, you got you got Trump coming out and making fun of him, posting videos of him, 
of Joe Biden's speech with a Joe Biden grabbing Joe Biden. Like, how the hell does this guy get away with making fun of someone who has these basic-ass allegations that we've all seen Joe Biden do anyways? How does the guy with 12 sexual assault allegations even try with an audio tape the saying, grab him by the pussy, they let you. Like, who the fuck grabs somebody by the pussy anyways? You sick bastard. Imagine him naked, how gross that would be. I'm talking about Donald Trump. Of course, Joe Biden as well, he's nearly 80. But at least he's thin. Trump's a fat slob. And he's 73, imagine, ugh, fucking gross. Absolutely disgusting. But this guy's got all these allegations against him that nobody's paying attention to, that none of these like these women's uh, empowerment groups are going after him about. It's hilarious to me that they pick these soft targets that they know will apologize to make him feel a little better for five minutes. It's pathetic to me. Why are these groups not targeting Trump for all the shit that he says? Why is Greenpeace not going after him for the shit that he said about wind turbines, for Christ's sakes? Right? Saying the noise from wind turbines gives you cancer. What are you talking about? How does this fly? How does this not disqualify you from the job? If I said some stupid shit like that to a client, they could feed back to my boss that he's a he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He told me... He told me wind turbines, the noise from them gives you cancer. You'd be like, well, that person is completely nuts. That person is completely nuts. You would think that without a doubt. But this guy gets to run the country? This guy gets to fuck up so many people's lives? Like, it's insane. And now he's making fun of Joe Biden for tactile behavior, making him seem like some rapist. Like, let's get to that when we get to that. But talk about the pot calling the kettle black. Dude, we heard you say grab them by the pussy. <laughs> you fat sack of shit. Ugh. Imagine how gross he would be. Imagine how gross he would be. If he could even last long enough to get a sweat on. How mad that hair would look. I mean, he probably doesn't even mess it up. He'd probably just like... Donald Trump's fucking yeah. <laughs> that sounds more like Stan from, from South Park. <laughs> I'm the best, and I'm going to fuck you for the best three minutes of your life. I'm just kidding. That three minutes is actually 30 seconds. That doesn't even sound like him. That's the worst fucking impression ever. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Right. Um, what else? What else is going on? I'm hyped up. I'm hyped up about some shit. It's late. It's Friday. The weekend's here. Um, fuck, I think we're going to bounce. I was going to talk about something else, but I'm going to save it. So, um, right, let's pack it in. A little shorter than normal, a little shorter than normal. 40, what are we at? 48 minutes, something like that. Right, so download this show on Spotify, SoundCloud, or iTunes, right? Better yet, subscribe. If you subscribe and you auto-download, you know, it's good for us. What's even better is if you rate the show, 
give us a shout out or something like that. Let us know what you think. Um, that's always good. Um, but the most important thing, guys, is just that you're listening. And we thank you for that all the time. Um, but I really do mean it. And and I appreciate it. So um, if you're coming back for, you know, a multiple listens, um, thank you for supporting the show. Um, if this was your first time, I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope you do come back. Um, this has been episode 79 of the Quiet Part Lab podcast. I'm not sure what we're going to call this episode yet, but I'm, uh, I'm, thinking, of, I'm thinking about some things. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, right. Until next time, guys. All the best.